once again back once again back once again back once again back once again with a Socrates said, the only true wisdom is in knowing you know nothing. I'm Scott with the Wisdom in All Things podcast, where we look at applying wisdom to life in three areas, mind, body, and soul. On this episode, journal to capture wisdom in all things. John Piper, he's the founder and teacher of DesiringGod.org and chancellor of Bethlehem College and Seminary. He says this about journaling. For me, it's a part of a constant quest to see Christ and know Christ and enjoy Christ and be like Christ. I live to the glory of Christ. That's a pretty high purpose for journaling, but it can be a tool for becoming wise. Now, I'm not a journalist, that is a person who journals. In the past, when I've written things down, it was more out of being nudged to do so, like a professor saying, hey, you better write this down. But when I look back on those occasions, I really appreciate that I had captured my thinking. But apparently my appreciation wasn't enough to drive consistency and, unfortunately, means I probably am not as wise as I could be. There was a season after I became a Christian where my friend Brian Durskill and I took to capturing pages and pages of quotes from the books and sermons and really everything we consumed. In fact, that passion from years ago is what prompted my collecting quotes for Words of Wisdom, which you can find at wisdomandallthings.com. That said, I could probably even argue that this blog is my way of journaling. When you consider the benefits of journaling, they make a pretty good argument for developing a regiment around the joy that is remembering precious moments of clarity and confirmation and deep understanding of ourselves and the wisdom of God. Ty Noyan, in his article, 10 Surprising Benefits You'll Get from Keeping a Journal, frames the broader benefits pretty well. We've all heard of you know fulfilling goals and sharpening our thinking and even helping us heal. Eight Reasons Keeping a Journal Can Help You Reach Your Goals from Joshua Becker affirms our thinking through the whys and the hows and, and how it is a means of articulating our planning. I mean, there really isn't a downside to journaling. As an introvert, it's most appealing for the opportunity to plunge into the world of thinking, pondering, wondering, and wandering. I like to call that noodling. However, I found that as much as thinking deeply may be a strength, it can sometimes reveal itself as a weakness. The free dictionary gives us a little bit of insight into why the word noodle, which is slang for our heads or brains, might be a detriment. It says, to discuss, speak, or think about something in an idle, aimless, or purely speculative manner. This is where my thinking out loud gets me into a lot of trouble. But I mean for us to noodle in the best possible way. While enjoying the practical benefits of journaling, we gain all the more by recording this intentional quest for wisdom. To the point Piper made about living for the glory of Christ, it is a quest worthy of capturing and remembering. While journaling will aid in our clarity and our planning and achieving, I want us to focus on how this method or process or however you describe journaling can be leveraged specifically for becoming wiser. You might think of it as a creating your very own handbook on what you need to see, understand, and apply to your own life as it relates to God's will for you. And this is a little like our being Solomon and asking God for wisdom, but in this case, we're leveraging its application and effectiveness by writing it out. So as we noodle deeply, consider these points for making it as fruitful as possible. First, keeping a diary versus journaling for wisdom. I want to first clarify that we're not talking about keeping a log of what happens to us day to day. Journaling is a means of capturing and resting your thoughts. Recorded history serves another purpose, good purpose, but another purpose. As we listen and read and ponder, we want to ask ourselves questions that will lead us to a right understanding, rightly applied, which I think is a fair description of biblical wisdom. Here are three questions 
we can apply as we journal for wisdom. First, what did I observe God revealing to me, either about me or himself? Second, how should I interpret or understand that? And then third, in what ways should it be applied to my life? This allows us to show our work, as our math teachers were fond of saying, of probing and pondering and being decisive in our thoughts and practice. Standing firmly on God's word, journaling becomes a confirmation of God at work in our minds and lives. So first, it's about keeping a journal for wisdom, not about keeping a diary. Second, write to release. As I referred to earlier, journaling can be freeing and therapeutic, even a necessary part of the process of allowing us to identify and then letting go of any offending thought or behavior. We do need to let go of things that negatively impact our lives. We are eventually no longer bound also by negative thinking and believing when we do so. But it can also help us wrestle free from unnecessary boundaries that we place in our thinking, opening us up to asking, what if? Simon Slade, he's the co-founder of Salehu, says the act of taking a business idea and fleshing it out on paper not only makes it tangible and real, but it also allows for growth and expansion of that idea. Another way of looking at writing as a release is that it has the intention of building on or more deeply considering a line of thinking. As Joshua Becker writing at Becoming Minimalist says, we get to think beyond the obvious. Instead of losing out on the benefit of further developing what otherwise might be a passing thought, we can follow a thought or a course of action all the way until it dead ends or leads us to a breakthrough. So right to release, that's the second point. Third, test the idea. Now that you have this freedom to release your ideating, you want to test the idea. Web developers use what is called a sandbox that enables them to create and run code in a testing environment that is isolated from a live environment. So for us, we can try and fail in our minds without breaking anything or hurting anyone. Simon Slade again says, The process of thoroughly examining a business dream and then identifying how and why that dream will fail is an invaluable exercise, one that is often only achieved through journaling. So journaling is a, a place for you to scrutinize your thinking to the point it, it's ready to go live. You have the right understanding of what it is you're supposed to do, and you're ready to trust God to rightly apply it. Next, from the what comes the why. Up to this point, we've been largely focused on the what. What do we need to know? What do we need to do or not do? But capturing the what, those nuggets of wisdom, can also lead us to a better understanding of the why. We begin to see a pattern whether right or wrong, that can help underscore the reason or reasons why we're in the place or position that we're in and affirm how God has equipped and called us to engage it. Knowing the why will anchor us against the opposition we can expect to face from doing what God wants, God's way. Number five, this is how you do it. This is where we formalize our thinking. Having thought through, forward and backward, what it is God has revealed and how we're to apply it to our lives, we can crystallize our thoughts and planning. This again highlights the idea of creating a wisdom handbook. Brett Steenbarger is the clinical associate professor of psychiatry and behavioral sciences at Upstate Medical University and says this, living in a solution mode means that you consistently reverse engineer your successes. It is human nature to marshal change efforts only when there are problems. But solution-focused thinking suggests that the path of our growth lies in understanding what we do well. I think that Brett highlights two very important points. While his application has more to do with our professional lives, holding the idea of this is how you do it does require us to look at what is right and good, the end, and trace our way back from that to 
to where we are currently. In other words, we build intentionality toward what it is God wants us to do and who we should be. Brett also prescribes a solution-focused mindset. We do want to do what is right and keep doing it effectively. This mindset takes into consideration both how God has gifted us and how he desires us to apply it. So this is how you do it. You begin to see the, the, the ways that God is working in your life, how he's equipped you to do ultimately what he's called you to do. And then lastly, organize and hopefully never forget. When we think of this becoming a, a wisdom handbook to the degree that it is beneficial to you, you'll, you'll want to index and organize what you've captured to effectively integrate it into your life. I really don't like complicated things, so what I found reasonable and helpful is to grab a notebook or journal or any form of paper, any size, any color, and apply a flag and category system. This is what I mean by it. You've probably seen the uh, Post-it little tabs. They're colored. They're reusable. You can stick them and and move them, that kind of thing. So those Post-it reusable flags you can use to create tabs for your notebook or journal. And then you could simply create two categories. Your thinking is one category, and the application or your application is the second category. So there might be pages as you work through, kind of show your work through observing what God is revealing to you, how you're supposed to understand it and apply it, but then a more streamlined, even bulleted list on how to apply it. The second section provides you quick access to what you need at a moment's notice. It's almost like looking at it at the answer guide. So as it relates to journaling for wisdom, you first want to, well, journal for wisdom, not keep a diary. Ask those key questions of observation, interpretation, application. You want to write to release. You want to be able to free up the things that you should let go of, but free up your thinking around where it could go. What if is kind of the question that you drive toward. You want to test those ideas. And then as you understand the what, it'll help you understand the why, which can really anchor us. Eventually, the process leads to how you're going to do this, how God is is calling you, equipping you to accomplish what he desires for you to accomplish. And then lastly, organize that in a way that it can be useful. You don't want to just capture it to remember it. You want to be able to capture it and use it. We can too easily lose sight of the clarity and confirmation God provides, which is why journaling is a crucial part of the true quest for wisdom. Marking the progress of healthy introspection, wrestling with our thoughts, all in the presence of God and under the scrutiny of the light of his word, shining into the corners of our hearts and minds and shining forward to lead us to wisdom in all things. If you want a transcript of this podcast, be sure to go to wisdominallthings.com, search for this title. And I encourage you to do so in this case, because there's a number of additional links for further reading that I think you'll love and appreciate. You'll also find quotes, articles, and other resources to help you better understand and apply wisdom in all things. Be sure to go to wisdominallthings.com.